Hello. Hello. My name is Mackenzie. And I'm Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. We would appreciate your reviews on iTunes specifically. So if you are looking at your iPhone and you have that little purple podcast app, if you'll click on that and leave a review, we would so greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I think Fatina is going to be doing a little mini one for us today. I am. I'm doing a little mini danger sode. You're singing the song in your head, aren't you? I am. (laughs) Sing me your song. I've been singing, like, the last three days. Welcome to the danger zone. (laughs) So welcome, everyone. (laughs) That was lovely. Also, I've been drinking some wine. (laughs) She, how many glasses deep are you at this point? Three? Half a bottle. Oh, (laughs) shnakies. I, so I don't know how many glasses that means. This literally, this all that's running through my veins at this point is Diet Coke. You're you're entirely partying by yourself over there. So what are we doing today? <laughs> Would you be mad at me if I said cannibalism? Just kidding, it's like cannibalism again. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. Also, you said it was a mini, so. <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly which one we mentioned it, but we were talking about, well, someone didn't ask to get killed. Well, I found a case where someone wanted to get killed. Oh my god, is that what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't this believe is this why is I'm thing. half a bottle in. So, <laughs> there, okay, what's even more surprising is as I was Googling this and as I was, as I found the term that this is called now, I found more and more cases. So it's consensual homicide. It's a thing. Psychiatrists have started studying it more and more because it's it's fascinating to think someone wants to get murdered. I, yeah, I guess the fact that you Your would have somebody, right well, the fact that you have people that find each other that not only does one party want to get murdered, but the other party wants to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this one, you would think that this is very recent, but it actually isn't. So mm-hmm. this case that I'm going to be talking to you about is about Sharon Lepatka. And this happened back in the 90s when internet was in its baby stages. Sharon, for all intents and purposes, everyone knew her as a loving mother and she had a lot of good things going for her. Even though the internet was very early on at this point, she had a lot of internet marketing businesses going on and she had a lot of businesses in general going on that came out of the internet. So okay. before, <laughs> one of her businesses that really stuck out while I was researching was that she used to sell her used underwear online. <laughs> Wait, how much money did she make doing that? <laughs> $100 a pair. Stop. <laughs> what? And in 1996, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money today. If someone wants to send me $100, I'll take it. I mean, (laughs) take them all. I have a drawer of them. That's a lot of money. I mean, I stand by it, though. Take all of mine at $100. (laughs) That part I stand by. There's, I mean, that's before it's time. Even Orange is the New Black used to do it on this show. 
where they sold the panties out of the jail. But yeah, eventually is that where she got the idea from? No, this happened in 1996. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry. But okay. maybe where Orange is the New Black got an idea. So there's Netflix stealing more ideas. <laughs> Unbelievable, Netflix. So she sold her used panties online. Mm-hmm. And then she also did marketing for a couple other, I believe, home decoration sites online. Just marketing in general. So okay. she, she was tech savvy. To say the least. So that was the job that she told people about. Because she probably didn't tell people about the panty selling. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, If somebody asked what she did, she was like, I do marketing. Right. And she also, I guess another one of her side hustles was that she sold fetish videos. And again, for a hundred bucks a piece. And these were, um, like, foot fetishes. That she would sell videos online for a hundred bucks a piece. Haven't we talked about that? Yeah. One of my aspirations. Yeah, I was going to say, that's something you wanted to do. Wow, people you, are going to hit me up yeah. for the weirdest reasons. Because you like your feet. <laughs> I forgot about Again, if you want to send me $100 for I'll a I'll send video you a fun video. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to send me $100, I'll send you a video of a Tino's foot. <laughs> Just one of them. Just one. for the pair, please. Just one. So she did this, I mean, for, she was really normal up until this point, and why I'm focusing on the internet is because it really comes into play to this. She spent a lot of her time on the computer, and she spent a lot of her time looking for, well, you can only imagine that foot fetish videos or fetishes in general and selling your underwear, used underwear online, leads you to websites that are questionable and yeah okay right very questionable so colorful i like that colorful (laughs) leads you to some colorful (laughs) for not for the home decorating but for the panties and for the fetishes and for any other website that she used that wasn't the home decorating she used the alias nancy carlson and she liked to say that nancy carlson liked to be unconscious and be drugged and would like to engage in sex acts with other people that involved chloroforming. Mm -hmm. So she wanted this type of, I guess, sexual encounter with someone. So the more and more she, you know, got into these websites, she did find a website that talked about sex and bondage and pseudomasochism, so S&M, and she eventually found someone who wanted to talk to her about this and was intrigued about this all. So this is where she met Robert Frederick Glass. We'll call him Bobby from here on out. Okay. So her and Bobby were uh, talking online about what fetishes they had, what you know, what they wanted to do. I guess to each other or have to be wanted have to have they ever met? Them. No. So at this point it's all in okay. that. Got it. Again, nineteen ninety six. Got it. So okay. it's not a high tech website. You can imagine what a nineteen ninety six website looks like. It's like a chat room type thing. Exactly. Yeah. So he was married, she was married, she had kids, he has kids. So they're you know, both people with full families and they just happen to have met online. And are living out their fantasies at this point just through the chat room. And they're talking about everything. Okay. 
So because this is a mini, I'm going to try and keep it short for you guys. But so Sharon, a.k.a. Nancy, they from the moment that they met online to spoil alert, they met in person, mm -hmm. of course, about six weeks went by. OK. And in those six weeks, they exchanged over 900 letters. Letters? Well, maybe not letters. Uh, sorry, 900 pages. 900 pages of emails. Okay. That makes more sense. Between the both of them. So, on... Oh, yeah, because texting wasn't really a no. thing yet. Yeah. So, on October 13th, 1996, Sharon told her husband that she was going to go to Georgia to meet some friends. She also left him a note. I think the, the husband and, and kids were out somewhere. Mm. Um, and she left him a note saying, if my body is never retrieved, don't worry. Know that I am at peace. What? So. I Okay. I keep having to remind myself of what she wants to happen. Because I'm like, right. that's so weird. It's like she knew. I know. But she did. <laughs> she was psychic. Also, that was one of her side business businesses. She, she, she did psychic readings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that morning that she left the note for her husband, she drove over to a bus station and she at the Amtrak station and took a train to Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is where she met up with Bobby in Lenore, North Carolina. So he went and picked her up from the bus, bus station and then drove about 80 miles from Charlotte to his house. So, I mean, I don't know exactly what happened. No one knows exactly what happened, but 80 miles is what a good hour and a half away yeah about cake. Mm -hmm. and this is the first time you're meeting someone in person it's either going to be a really good ride because you have a lot in common it's going to be really silent and awkward and you're like what the hell am i really doing in which but, case you just turn on the radio oh but she's way too deep at this point so sharon's husband then finds the note and immediately notifies the police Good job. And he also started digging into her emails and found the conversations between his wife and Bobby. Boy. And in the emails, without specific details, they find that she's asking Bobby to torture her to death. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Because they knew his name. Right. He had sent her, her his address. He had sent her, you know, they knew who this person yeah. was. There was never a question of who are we looking for and who's doing what. Which is nice. <laughs> it, it did make the job really easy. Yeah. So because they knew who it was, they immediately went to his house and they staked out his house. And because it had crossed state lines, FBI was involved. Okay. Um, And they didn't see any movement or much movement for three days. So... From the time that the husband notified to the time that they found the emails, it was about two days went by. Okay. So they staked out his house for three days and didn't see any movement. And because of the information that was in the emails, mm -hmm. it was enough to get a warrant to Bobby's house. And they went into his house and they found a lot more than what they were looking for. So they found pornography child pornography they Ooh. found all the tools for 
S&M. And mind you, this was in, there's pictures of it. He's in a dilapidated trailer in the backwoods of North Carolina with, he's just in a clearing in between the woods, but his whole backyard is just woods. That reminds me of that meme of like the trailer or whatever. That's like if 50 shades of gray had taken place here (laughs) instead of at a million dollar mansion, then it, it would be law and order. It wouldn't be. Yeah. It would be an episode of law and order. Oh, and it's, oh God, it, it's scary. It gives me the creeps. Yeah. She picked a real winner. Yeah, she did. Well, he did what he wanted her to do. As the police were there serving the, the warrant, he didn't try really hard at hiding her body. Right. There was a mound of dirt right outside of his trailer, about 75 feet away. And the because they had a search warrant for the premises, they found her body... Uh, within two feet of digging. See, but again, that's the problem with these men that don't watch <laughs> true crime. <laughs> You're not good at it, sir. So they served the warning. They found they found the gun. They found a they found pornography and all the bondage equipment. After they found the body, they brought him in to for questioning and he was not ever trying to hide what happened Mm -hmm. he said here's all of our communication this is what she wanted she wanted to be at peace this is how she wanted to to go and he did say though that he wasn't trying to kill her when he did so he said that at the time that she was killed they were having auto erotic asphyxiation auto erotic asphyxiation so choking while you're doing it got it and he said that it just got a little out of hand but that wasn't when he intended to kill her so so he was going to do it it just wasn't at that moment or in that way right okay so he panicked and he put her in, into the ground and because he didn't know what else to do. And because he never tried to hide anything about, you know, what happened and because of the story that he gave and they had no proof to prove otherwise because the medical examiner, after, you know, looking at her body, said that there was no visible marks on her throat. They don't know. They know that it was for lack of air, but it wasn't for choking necessarily. Mm, Okay. He pleaded guilty um, to voluntary manslaughter and sexual exploitation charges and was sentenced to 36 to 53 months at the Avery Mitchell Correctional Institute. What? And he was also sentenced to an additional 27 months for federal charges on the second degree minor exploitation which is for the child, child por- abuse, yeah, the child pornography that they that he had in his house. So months, yeah, yeah Oy so three vey. years, three to five years. Oh, yeah. oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Between him serving his state sentence to his federal sentence, in between that time, he was found dead of a heart attack in his cell. I mean, I think he got away pretty easy. Thoughts, uh, please. Uh, <laughs> I have, like, a, such a loss. What did the... 
I can't even imagine what the family had to... <sighs> yeah. Like, by all appearance, relatively normal, although she's obviously doing some sneaky stuff behind their backs. I'm guessing her husband didn't know that she was... No, no one had any idea. Everyone called her normal and, you know, not plain Jane, but... Big sale mom goes off of... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mom, kids at home... She, the pictures of her are smiling and happy. And don't know and why she decided she wanted to die? No. I mean, she just had these thoughts and I guess she did suffer from depression. Clearly. And from, for a long time before this, but it was never acted on. Um, so there's Sounds like no a real multiple reason. personality or schizophrenic type thing. Maybe. So with that said, as I was researching this, I was thinking, you know, if, if people have these thoughts and they are thinking of letting someone commit suicide on them, how do you say, I mean, I don't know how to say that, consensual suicide, consensual homicide, however you want to call uh, it. Yeah. I don't know. So I just want to put it out there, uh, the suicide hotline number, just because yeah. if someone needs to hear it. Go for it. Um, it's one 800 273 8255. They have an online chat. It's anonymous, so you don't even have to give a name if you're having any issues, but don't go online and try to find someone to kill you. Don't, yeah, get the help that you need for sure. Yeah, but there, and then there's no reason for, at least in this case, Sharon didn't give a, a specific reason, so it's all in the, you know, twisted. I don't know, it's all kind of twisted. We don't it's know what she was very thinking. Very strange. Mm hmm. And then Please. the fact that he got away with it so lightly. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. relatively, if he had actually lived to see the end of his sentence, then life would have gone on for him and his creepy trailer. Right. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Well. Little mini mini. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reach out to us one way or another. We want to hear the stories. Um, we'd like to eventually put together a an episode of what got you into true crime. So hit us up with that. What's the story you tell us? Never your, leave you? Yeah. Tell us the one that won't ever leave you or your first memory. Cause I've had a couple of people that have told me what their like first true crime memory is, um, based on the episodes that my mom and my grandma gave us a couple back. So tell us yours. We'd love to do the research and we can give you a shout out and let the world know that you're the one. That brought us a story. That's true. Or if you don't want us to use your name, just tell us because otherwise we will. <laughs> <laughs> no secret. It's safe with us. <laughs> Rundown. Uh, Instagram is at a stranger danger podcast. Gmail. You can email us ideas, suggestions, questions, or concerns. <laughs> at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. And the Facebook is Stranger Danger colon a true crime podcast, right? Yeah. And Twitter is SD True Crime Pod. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks for listening to the little danger episode. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.